You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Blue Jays knowledge directly into whatever hole you decide to put your headphone in. I'm not one to judge, so whatever means you use to get the voice you are hearing into your ears, I thank you for it. I'm Ryan Andrews. I am the host of Locked On Blue Jays. I'm going to keep saying host until Miller comes back from the Dominican. That's that's just how it is. If, if he wants to complain about it, he can come back up to Canada from the beaches. Anyway, we, we actually have a treat for you on Locked On Blue Jays. We have found, I, I don't want to say we have found, he, he was never really lost, but for, for the listening public, we have lured back in the host emeritus of Locked On Blue Jays, the returning champion, fighting through subway announcements wherever he may be. He is fighting for him to come here and deliver Blue Jays knowledge to you. Sean Doyle, he is back. The the speakers have dulled in the background. Sean, welcome back, man. Thank you so much. I don't know that I've I've ever been called a treat and lost in the same sentence, but I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I corrected yeah. myself. I, I yeah, no, you lost. found me. Uh, you found me at my place of business, as it were. Uh, as you know, schools. I'm a teacher, and so schools are frequented with PA interruptions. So I'm hoping that everybody got the memo that I would be appearing on the Lockdown Blue Jays podcast. So to keep the uh, announcements to a minimum. <laughs> well, for for eagle eagle eared listeners, I did say we would have a couple a couple people from Jays from the couch on this week i i don't think they were expecting the founder the the grand poobah but i'm happy to surprise them with your infinite blue jays knowledge oh my god your your listeners are going to be so disappointed you're making me sound (laughs) way better than i actually am and you're building me up uh way more than i deserve but i'm happy to be here yeah but they also know who you are you are the original host of this podcast so i I Mm. think they're familiar with what you offer i just you know, like to remind the new listeners. They just like your version better. <laughs> <laughs> I build it up so much. I, I'm really good. I'm really good at building up mediocre talent, I guess. Not that you're mediocre. No, you know what? Not that you're you, mediocre. You are very good. Very good at what you do. And I'm happy uh, that you were able to take on the Locked on Blue Jays podcast because you're doing an excellent, excellent job with it. I, I appreciate that. That is high praise from you, sir. But... Speaking of me trying to build up talent that may or may not be there, let's talk mm-hmm. about Kendris Morales. Because that's, yes, that's the favorite topic du jour for Blue Jays fans. Um, for, for regular listeners, uh, last week's point counterpoint did not go in my favor. Uh, um, Stephen Brown came on and got both the plum topics of saying Marcus Stroman would have a bounce back start and Kendris Morales would continue to swing at curveballs. And okay. I, I tried. I tried. I tried my best to defend him. And at the time, it, there were defensible things about Kendris Morales. He was coming off that two home run game in Minnesota. He looked good. It, lo- it looked like old Kendris was coming back. But since then, the hex 
the the juju, the gypsy's curse that has been placed on Kendris Morales since I stepped to the plate for him. 0 for 23 since those home runs in Minnesota. And and Sean, I know you you like to keep your your views contained for for the weekly JFTC radio, which is an excellent program that people should be subscribed to if they're not already. But I I can barely contain myself and I I know that makes me look like a hypocrite just lashing into him again, but it this is bad. This is like like this this is this is buying a barbecue from Walmart and having it instantly catch fire on your deck the first time you use it bad. This is it's, it it absolutely is. And so he's but here's the thing. Nobody blames you because he's not doing anything to help himself out here. And so I mean you look at it like I hate uh, those people who have heard me talk before. I give players every opportunity to earn um their place and all of that stuff and i hate i hate slagging on players you know because everybody goes through rough patches but so far 2018 has been 89 plate appearances of rough patch for kendris morales despite having three home runs um the whole season has been a write-off already and last season wasn't even that great yeah he hit 28 home runs and drove in 85 but negative six uh, wins above replacement, according to Fangraphs. He's already at negative seven in 2018. <laughs> He's um, well ahead of last year's production. <laughs> right. And, you know, you, you feel bad because on a personal level, you know, like you feel bad for the guy because he, he, he knows he's struggling. So, and you look at it and he, there is some bad luck there. I mean, his batting average on balls and play is 167, right? So, I mean, sure, he's... <laughs> He's not enjoying luck, but he's also not helping himself. And and as far as Stephen saying that Kendrys is going to wave at a curveball, that's like saying the sun, you know, it will come out tomorrow. Like, come on, that's that's not exactly a hot take. <laughs> no, it's like saying Kanye West will say something stupid. Uh, right. No, it, it's just been baffling. Like. Like you, you, you've already pointed out the batting average. You've already pointed out the war. He has almost double the amount of strikeouts as he does hits. He has 20, <laughs> 23 strikeouts against 12 hits so far this season. His OPS is 514, which ties him with Anthony Alford, who has played one game this season for the Blue Jays. Like his, his OPS plus is 39. Like, when it starts approaching your age, Sean, you have to be worried and you have to be looking at things you can do to prevent this from harming your team further. And, like, right. as, as I talked about on Monday's episode, the, the offense has just been so anemic. Like, like it, the clutch hits earlier in the season mass a lot of problems that the offense has and that it's still... It, it still swings at a lot of pitches. It, it doesn't get good contact. It doesn't drive those balls. Yeah, the, the batting average on balls in play hasn't been great for a lot of the Blue Jays, but but it, it's just not an offense that, that can consistently generate that big inning. And and Kendris is a big problem. How many times during that Tampa Bay series did we see Kendris come up with runners on base? And did anyone think he was going to get a hit? Did anyone think he was going to do something productive with those at-bats? I didn't. And and I'll do you one better. How many times are we able to predict what's going to be thrown at Kendris Morales? Exactly. Right. 
Yeah. Exactly. Every, every like you don't need uh the White Sox and their Apple Apple watches telling you what's coming. Everyone knows Kendris is gonna get a curveball and he's going to swing at it and he's going to miss because that is what Kendris Morales does. Exactly. And and so here's like the the I guess my my take on Kendris Morales. Um, and, and cause it, it becomes a point where you have to make a decision. Like, what are you going to do? Right. If you're the Toronto Blue Jays, you have a very slim margin of error this season because the Red Sox and the Yankees are not showing any sign of slowing down. So how much are you, how long are you going to ride this Kendris Morales train? And I've, I've seen people kind of say, you know what? get rid of them, release them. And then other people counter that by saying, well, you know, his money counts toward the payroll uh, for this season. So they're not exactly about to do that. But here's my, my, I guess what, what I would do in in my thinking uh, as far as this Kendris Morales situation, if I'm running the Toronto Blue Jays, I don't care about payroll. His salary is going to count this season, whether he's on the bench or whether he's sitting in a pool, enjoying a margarita, that he's making that money, that money's already there. So the question really is, if you're the Toronto Blue Jays, do you want to pay $11 million for that roster spot? Do you want to pay $11 million for a DH spot that can only do the DH role? We've seen what happens when he plays first base. Um, you can't pick a ball out of the dirt. So if, if I'm the Blue Jays, I say, you know what? We need to compete. Kendris Morales, keep him around because let's be honest, there's not a GM in baseball who would say, yeah, I'll take him. So keep him around, whatever, whatever. That's fine. But heading into this July trade deadline, I would be looking at seriously, first of all, limiting his at-bats. He can be a pinch hitter. I don't care. $11 million pinch hitter, that's fine with me because I think the offensive value that you're not getting out of him, you can make up with more versatility, more athletic on the base path, better options, Lourdes Gurriel, Anthony Alford, Dalton Mabe, I don't care who it is. You can make up whatever you think you're losing with Kendris Morales. In fact, you gain by not having Kendris Morales in your lineup. So keep them around, whatever. And then at the trade deadline, because you've just limited Kendris Morales' ability to contribute to the team, you may actually be in a playoff spot. If you continue to run him out there, you are not going to be at this point. So, at that point, you're in a playoff hunt. Make a deal. Bye-bye, Kendris. Even if that means somebody manages to take him, great. Or release him. I I hate saying that, Ryan, and I think you know me well enough to know that I don't like just cutting ties with a player. Mm. That There's always something they bring to the table. But in this case, right now, for the Toronto Blue Jays, he doesn't bring anything that fits their roster. He doesn't bring anything that's remotely productive. Uh, unless he somehow does a complete 180 and brings himself around. I don't see that happening. So I would be okay releasing them because the releasing of Kendris Morales, you're paying a salary anyway. And at the trade deadline, are they going to say, well, you know, we'd love to make a move, but we have Kendris Morales and his $11 million. So we can't No. If they're in the hunt and they can make a move, they're going to do it, regardless of whether Morales is on the payroll, whether he's on the bench, regardless. They're going to do that. So yeah. it won't make a difference where he is. So my, I'm saying get rid of him. And I hate saying that about any ball player. Yeah. And yeah, you, you described the Kendris Morales train. That's not a train. That's a dead deer at the side of the tracks, bud. Like there, there's nothing there that's good for anyone. The only 
the only franchise Kendris Morales might have value for is if MLB all of a sudden implemented a 75 million salary floor and Miami had to find salaries in a hurry that they could take on or risk losing picks. That's the value Kendris Morales has right now. He's, he's an NBA contract and he's, he's not even expiring. And, and to continue looking at other, other teams, like, like this, this is a unique situation for baseball in that you don't normally get a contract that you have to try and bury, but it was a regular occurrence in hockey over the past decade in the salary era. Mm. Now, I'm I'm not saying that Kendris Morales would take a trip down to Buffalo if designated for assignment, but like you said, this this roster slot that Kendris Morales is occupying and, and contributing nothing with would be better served on a lot of other people. It'd be better served on an, on another arm in the bullpen. It would be better mm-hmm. served um, getting a third catcher if needed. If you, if you want to, if you want to get Russell Martin, some at bats away from catching, because it, it can't hurt Russell at this point, his batting average ain't much, much better than Kendris's at this point. Mm. But but there are so many other things that you could do. You can you can DH Tulo when Tulo comes back if you want to keep Gurriel out in the field. Like there there's just so so many options that the Blue Jays could do with this team, and there's just one giant Snorlax-sized roadblock to doing all of them, and he's batting 152. So yep. so like you said, send him off to Robida Island or or whatever the baseball equivalent we're calling. I'm I'm not sure. Off the top of my head, what what would yeah. qualify there? Pujols Island? No, Pujols is still here. Um, Chanho Park Island? We'll we'll workshop oh, it. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you know, and and there is like, I hate saying it because he does bring you know the mentorship to Goriel and 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 all of that stuff, which I I know I think that behind the scenes is playing a bigger role in the in the decision making process of. Uh, signing Morales and, and Guriel and all of that stuff. I, I, I think there's more to the story than has been talked about. But at the end of the day, it's not worth the the potential success of this 2018 Toronto Blue Jays team. And that's that's it. That's the tough decision that I'm glad I don't have to make. You know, uh, I don't make the money to make that decision. But if it were me, I would. This would be the one decision that uh, in all the years I would say just cut them loose. Um, because your team right now, if this were, excuse me, last year, I wouldn't be saying this. Mm. Um, and I think, I think what we're going to see, Ryan, is we're going to see just how much the Toronto Blue Jays believe in the 2018 version of this team by how long they ride Kendris Morales. If they stick with them and they continue to stick with them, maybe they don't feel they're going to compete anyway. Yeah. And I know that's early. We're at the beginning of May. And, and it's tough to say that now, but if they continue to run them out there and continue to use that roster spot, maybe that says a lot about where they see themselves this year. Yeah. And, and, and that, that is the key, isn't it? I mean, the Toronto has a history of making these move these seemingly salary dumping moves to better themselves. I'm thinking of the Raptors back in 2013, and Rudy Gay, but probably the most apt comparison to Kendris Morales right now is within the Blue Jays organization. And I, I finally figured out the name for the Island, big hurt Island. Cause yeah. his contract is a big hurt on this Blue Jays team, much like Frank Thomas's was back in the day. 
Well, so. now see though, the, the difference is though that Frank Thomas was signed for two years and he had a, a excellent first year in Toronto. And then his second year was uh, the, whether or not he was going to be signed. He had an option for the third year, I think. And, and it was based on plate appearances because it was, he was hurt and all this stuff. And JP Ricciardi and the Blue Jays kind of conspired to keep him out of the lineup to limit how many games he played. Right. And, and yeah. as much as a, a dick move as that is, I would almost consider doing that for Kendris because he's not producing, not just because, you know, if it were Frank Thomas who produced, then I would say, you know what? He deserves it. And then I would, I would not be necessarily on that, that train, but the guy's not producing. So you know what? I would be all over any kind of manipulation of his playing time or whatever, just to get him out of town. (laughs) And I hate, I hate myself for saying that, but, um, but that's where we are with Kendris, I think. No, it, it is what it is. And the Blue Jays will have to make that decision at some point soon before it starts getting into the summer. And you really have to have to consider what you want to do with this team. Um, well, yeah. And guys are dropping like flies too, right? Yeah. Like Diaz yeah, exactly. rolls an ankle and like eventually either you're going to have to rely on Kendris in spots you don't want him or you mean uh, he's going to be an injury. Right. <laughs> or anywhere. Yeah. Really. Um, or he's going to be a hindrance to making other moves to cover for those injuries. Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm sorry, but when you have more strikeouts than total bases, it it makes that decision a lot easier to swallow. And Amen. Yeah. We have other ideas for fixing the Blue Jays for this season so they can continue to contend. We'll tell you about them right after this. Okay, so again, the host emeritus Sean Doyle has graced the podcast with his presence, so we'd be remiss not to get multiple topics going with Sean. And um, Mr. Doyle, sir, I I know another particular thorn in your craw when it comes to this Blue Jays team is just the sheer lack of production that they have gotten out of this starting rotation. This this rotation that was supposed to be the the main part the the engine driving this team to contention it's it's been garbage you can you can play the sesame street counting game with the eras currently in the rotation because jay hap is three aaron sanchez is four marco estrada's five jaime garcia six and marcus stroman a robust 752 sir what do we do about this here's the thing is that you can't do anything what can you do Officially, they're all healthy. Yeah, um, they're just yes. inconsistent, and, and and well, yeah. I mean, officially they're healthy, but you know, obviously they're not performing like they are. Uh, and I think the bigger qu- the issue I have is n- the numbers, the ERAs. Like Marcus Stroman, hey, you know, he had a good start and brought his ERA down from eight eighty eight. So that's good. Um, but <laughs> it's not it's not necessarily the numbers, like the ERA and stuff like that. It's the lack of innings, mm. and that's my bigger concern. Uh, I don't necessarily. Well, I shouldn't say that they're they're not lasting because they're giving up runs and and Marcus Stroman is being hit incredibly hard this year. Um, And Aaron Sanchez finds the zone, then can't find it again. Um, You know, and that inconsistency that, so I guess that's why they're not lasting deep into games, but the 
there's a whole lot of surprises with this Toronto Blue Jays team. First of all, the offense has been a pleasant surprise. Mm. The bullpen has been a pleasant surprise. The uh, the rotation has been a, a terrible surprise because it was supposed to be what carries this team. And because it's been a terrible surprise, the bullpen has to step up more. They cannot maintain their production, this bullpen. No. It would be un reasonable to expect them to even though john gibbons is gonna try because what are you gonna do you got to throw your best pitchers out there and here we hear john axford is now they're, they're considering throwing him out there for multiple innings two innings and they, they 2.1 innings been. they have been right with Ax, but but and, can and you, but can that's you not a that? one-off right no and and can you continue to do that with with axford expecting the kind of results you got like like the three, the three cheap veteran options in that bullpen: Tyler Clippard, John Axford, and Sung Juan Oh. All three of them have adjusted ERAs of above two fifty. That's that's insane. Tyler Clippard's at three oh nine, and that's that that's mind-bogglingly good. But are are we expecting Tyler Clippard to remain to retain a sub one WHIP for the, for the remainder of the season? I'm not. I I've seen Tyler Clippard. I I know this is good Tyler Clippard, but even good Tyler Clippard with Washington had issues, and and he's been dancing around some some walks so far during this mm-hmm. season that that make me feel like this this is not a sustainable rate. Even if you do stretch Axford out for two innings, if you throw Aaron Loop out there for two innings as the sort of sacrificial lamb of this bullpen, if if you if you expect anything out of Tim Mesa, like. Like they they can't keep going at this. They can't keep getting like three and two thirds from Sanchez, like we saw in Tampa Bay. They they can't keep getting a five uh, from Jaime Garcia. Mark Marco Estrada throwing six in that series finale was a bloody miracle because I didn't expect it when he burned through fifty pitches in his first three innings. Did you? Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And and you can't expect. So you say, well, you know, they've been good, but can you expect it? The problem is, is that if they continue to rely on this bullpen group the way they have been, they won't sustain it because they're going to be dead tired. You're going to, instead of out in the bullpen, instead of seeing sunflower seeds and gum wrapper on the floor, you're actually going to see arms on the floor <laughs> because they have fallen off. It's going to look like an episode of The Walking Dead back there. You know, guys walking around looking for their arm because mm-hmm. it is on the floor. And that's what concerns me. So, you know, like, what do you do? Well, okay, here's really what they should do. Joe Biagini, bring him up. He can be the long man in this bullpen mm. that they desperately need. Yeah. But, and, and I think you and I have uh, the same opinion as far as whether he can be a starter or not. Um, we've seen that experiment. We know the results. So he may be better served where he can come in for three innings at most go through a lineup once and then call it a day. But the problem with that is that I don't know that the Toronto Blue Jays feel comfortable enough with the pitching depth that they have uh, beneath the starting five. Mm. Because if the starting five, if this starting five has been this unreliable, what do you think they'll rely on after them? It's going to be even worse. You know, like Brian Barucki, love the guy. And he just had a, a nice seven-inning start recently, but the other five before that haven't been that great. Mm. Are they comfortable in doing that? They're not. They're not comfortable. So they're kind of stuck. Yeah. How do you fix this this problem? Joe Biagini would fix this problem, I think, but they're not probably not going to do it because of the other potential problems that it may cause. 
Yeah, yeah. Sam Gaviglio is not the salve that that rotation needs at any point this season. Mm-hmm. But I we we are on the same wavelength there in that we do not consider Joe Biagini a starter at MLB. He's proven it time and time again. He does not have the durability to give you innings that you require out of a starter. And, and he just get ga- gets gassed. But when he can go out there, throw full tilt for two innings, for three innings, he's great. He's he's that Andrew Miller type that everyone's looking for. The, mm-hmm. I, this, this bullheaded rush to try and prove Joe Biagini was a starter when he's, he's, he's never given any credible evidence to being a starter at any level. It's why he was a Rule 5 pick. He, he showed what role he can excel at, and the Blue Jays continuing to do so. I, I don't know why. I don't know why they keep doing it. And I'm I'm hopeful that, you know, the emergence of, of Sean Reed Foley in AA, he's looked really good in New Hampshire this year. I'm hoping that that emergence kind of nudges Biagini back towards the bullpen, like, hey, maybe we don't need you. Maybe we have someone who's ready and waiting. Or, or again, if, if you do need a a spot starter. You do have Gaviglio on the roster. I I know you'd expose him to waivers, but is is it any worse than exposing what what you've had? Are you expecting any worse than what you've gotten out of Biagini as a spot starter? If this is a Blue Jays team mm. trying to win games, throwing Joe Biagini out there repeatedly does not give you the best opportunity to win games, at least not in that role. Exactly. You can throw them out there as a, the long man in the bullpen and they would actually win games. That's my, my thought. And, but I think Ryan, like we, we know the answer. We know why they keep trying the Joe Biagini starting experiment. It's because they don't have any other choice. No, they don't feel that they have any other choice. So they're going to continue to do that until next year when all of their, their younger pitching hopefully takes another step forward. Uh, and that's so it's going to be a long season if we're waiting. I think anyway, we know what the answer is. Joe Biagini in the bullpen is a long man. We know that. Yeah. But if we're waiting for that to happen, I feel like we might as well, you know, wait for uh, Kendris Morales to stop swinging at curveballs. <laughs> I I think that's a very very <laughs> futile effort, indeed. I'll I'll throw one more exactly. name at. I'll, I'll throw one more name out there if they want length in the bullpen. Connor Fisk looked really good in his recent promotion to Buffalo, and he's been throwing multiple innings for them. That might be in, that might be the Carlos Ramirez of this year. If just, mm. just throwing that potential out there, I'm I'm not as well versed as Fisk as a certain other member of this podcast team who is currently lounging on a beach. I'm sure, but <laughs> whatever. That's that that might be the name I throw out there potentially like. You know, as a, as a surprise call-up, but don't be surprised. Anyway, right. Mr. Doyle, I, I've taken enough of your time away from the youngins whose heads you fill with wisdom every day. So I, I, I feel we have to bring this episode of Locked on Jays to a close. Thank you again for, for agreeing to come on here. Tell the people where they can find you more regularly than on here. Well, don't come to my school. Uh, that's no. frowned upon. Uh, no, so don't be hanging around the parking instead. lot. 
exactly that's you know grounds for police yeah. <laughs> uh but you can follow me on twitter at doyle jftc uh follow me on jaysfromthecouch.com where we'll continue to update your eyes with great blue jays content there and, and our weekly jays from the couch radio podcast on itunes and google play Excellent. It's always worth a listen. And you can follow me on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's N-E-O-A-C-1-8. I spell it out because sometimes people get confused. But anyway, Sean, again, thank you for coming on and, Absolutely. and putting up with me. Always appreciate Always it. happy, bud. <laughs> so for Sean Doyle, I'm Ryan Andrews. Thank you for listening to this episode of Locked on Blue Jays. Take care.